This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. I guess two things. First of all, in general, just uh, say something about the, the Suda, which is very precious to me and to everybody who I think participates. Um, I saw a word from the Chemish uh, Mul, who says it about, about the, the Suda of Motsi and Kippa. He spoke Motsi and Kippa, and he said that the, um, everything in Yiddishkeit that has a connection has to have a midpoint, a mimutza. Um We spoke about different areas, Taira, Shabik, Sav, and Taira and the VM has Devarim, Taira, Shabik, Sav, and Tashbap has the Vilcester, and so on. It, it, there's always a midpoint that sort of has a little bit of both. So he says, Sukkis and Yom Kippur are a Hemshech. Sukkis is the man Simcha of of, you know, Kaparis Havainas and so on. The, the Mishkan, uh, like the Goyen says, the Anonim, the Anonim came back. So there has to be a point that has in itself both the Nekuda um, of Yira and the Kuda of Simcha. And the Suda of Motsi and Kippur has both together. And it's something that's true. There's a sense of Gilu Birada. Um, it's one of the things we're missing, I guess, a sense of we, we, we appreciate a day that is full of year, like Yom Kippur, which, uh, where a person is very, very involved in, in Avoda and so on. We also have Yom Tevin that we take it easy, enjoy. But the music of Gilu Birada, where a person can sit and have a simcha with a, with a serious overtone to it, he can, he can have a serious suda with a, with, with a pleasantness, with a simcha to it, and a real simcha shal mitzvah. And this suda is, has that. It has the tam of both together. It has the tam of the um, still Yom Kippur atmosphere and, and, and besimcha. So that's why it's, it's, it combines two inyanim in a way that really goes together. That's one in your why this suda is such a precious um, inyan for us. <laughs> Um, and, it, and it gives a sense of what a real simcha shal mitzvah is, what a Yiddish simcha looks like, the tam Yiddish simcha, uh, and, and so on. Someone asked me, Menachem asked me about the Aderes Vemuna, the, the new, he didn't ask about the new improved, he asked about the Aderes Vemuna as is. Um, so the play, the, the, the song is a Lubavitch song, it's Chabad. Well, let's put it this way. The words came before Chabad, <laughs> and, and the, and the uh, tune is the French anthem, Le Marseille, um, and it's put together. That's, that, I guess, is the Lubavitcher aspect of it. They also sing it a lot, Motsi and Kippur. It was sung Motsi and Kippur, and it's, it, I, I think the Ruach Advarim is... Yom Kippur, besides a personal day of kapara and things of that nature, is also seen as a struggle between Kalal Yisrael and Esav. Esav is the one that comes to Mekatrik. Esav is the one that Zayar Kaddish speaks about. And from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, Esav has an upper hand in a certain sense. And on Yom Kippur, Esav gets sent away, and Kalal Yisrael remains 
victorious. Um, that's the Moshe Chazal give about a, a sword, about the person who's, who's victorious comes out with the sword, and that's a Moshe for um, Klal Yisrael being Menatzeh of Esav. So it's a very appropriate that in Ramatzi and Kippur, we end with a very triumphant note. Um, in other words, and, and the, the, the words are, the words um, fit it, and the t- tune fits it, and I, to me it expresses very much the ruach of that moment. Um, it also has a very personal note, not this particular tune, but just the, that, the, the, the nigging and so on. Um, somebody we were very, very close to, um, neighbor in a former Bacha, who fairly young woman, um, middle ages, was nifta from cancer, I don't know, probably 10, 12 years ago, and she was an extraordinary woman, very, very, on people, and I heard a friend of her tell us, speak about her last days, and she said that this woman struggled in the last school, for 10 years she was sick, and no one knew about it. She kept herself very strong and did her cure of work and family. And finally she said that she came to her a week before she was Nifta, a few weeks before she was Nifta when her last bout, and she basically was upset, and she said, I don't know what the Rebbe wants from me. You know, I've, I think I did everything I should, could, and I, like, I don't know what he wants from me. And then she came to her a week before she was Nifta, and she was at peace. And she said, I think the Bainashon wants me to want what he wants. And that's what he wants for me. And she said, so I took her hand and we sang a Deus Vemuna and with, you know, a Shiva Shavach and a Tilvatiferis, you know, she let go and, and you know, I don't know if she was nifted there, but that was it with that she ended it. And it's very, very powerful and very um, moved me tremendously. And that, just the idea that you know it's it, it, it's a nigun that expresses it's a, it's a the words express so much the, the being mamlech hakadosh baruch hu and and so that's why it's to me it's, personally it's a very meaningful nigun and I think it expresses the ruach of the of the of the in the in the right way. Um, so the nigun we usually start with is meirachik, and for those who've been here a few times, you've heard some of it uh, in terms of the. Um, in terms of the reason why we sing Mirachik, I'd like to repeat it, I'd like to add some points to it. Um, the the, the, the Rav Salvechik has a mimer, um, I think it's called Mirachok maybe, or something along those lines, and he gives a marshal, and he says sometimes you have a very close friend, and it's good. It's wonderful. You like the person. You know. You feel very, very close. It's a good. It's a good. It's a good. The, the emotions are positive. But then the person decides to take leave, and you know you take him to the train station, and and he gets onto the train, and as you see the train pulling away, that's when your emotions begin to well up. That's the the music Hashem nearly sometimes Akadish Baruch who seems to us closest when he's moving away. Um, the same way I, I mean, person lives in yeshiva many years, and he takes it somewhat for granted, he goes somewhat, he's okay, and then a day comes when the person leaves the yeshiva, and he goes through very strong emotional um, moments, 
because it's it's a lot of times in the leaving that you begin to appreciate what you have. It's true about this. this the words Meirocho come from the after second day Rosh Hashanah. It's true. Um, it, it, it's this this concept of Meirocho Hashanah is true in the world of Avera as well. Um, sometimes when a person is learning well and doing good, so things are fine and it's good and wonderful. Sometimes when a person reflects and he sees how empty he is and how things have not been going and so on, and then he pushes forward, sometimes the world of tshuva is a much stronger impetus for doing what's right than when you're doing things that are right. It's, it is of the milus of the Baltshuva of the Tzadikomu that he has that sense of what it, how empty it feels without it. I had a personal experience. I was on the receiving end of it, where somebody gave me Musa and Mikomalamda uh, Iskalti. There was a organization Torah teaching. There was somebody who had been in yeshiva. I don't know if Torah, but it had been, you know, he'd come to one of the Yosemeyach Torah or whatever. He came with a brother. The brother um, was one of these people who was just brilliant, and within two years, three years, he was mainstream in the main yeshiva, and he was a big, you know, he's knocking, doing very well. For him, things didn't go that well. He was there a year, year and a half, and he went back to Manhattan, and basically went back to life of, uh, you know, Manhattan, he, uh, and not the Lower East Side. And, and he, um, he was, he, he, you know, he, he did everything called Avasar and, and Plus. A very successful investment banker, and he came back for some reason. I, I didn't know. And I didn't know. I, I just met him the first time, and I was supposed to um, set up a schedule for him. So um, I was working on setting a schedule. He didn't like this. He wanted that. Wasn't care for this. He wanted this. It was just going very difficult with him, and I was. It was a long day. I, I think I was supposed to set up a schedule for a lot of people. Whatever it was, I kind of got annoyed, and I said. You know, if you really don't like anything, why'd you come? And he looked me straight in the eyes and said, Rabbi, I assure you, if there would have been one thing worth staying for, I wouldn't have come. And um, it was kind of shocking because I was sitting, I was always from somewhere. Yeah, of course, being from is the best thing, so on and so forth. But someone should tell me that there's nothing else but that. And someone who had everything and looks me straight in the eye and very, very, you know, very strong. <laughs> statement, and I, and, I, and I realize maybe sometimes a person who's on the outside sees things a lot better than a person who's, who's an inside. Merach HaGashem nearly is, I think, a reflection on the day of Tshuva. Yom Kippur, it's a, it's a person look back. When we feel, when we reflect on a year that was, and all the things that are missing and we don't have, a lot of times we feel drawn to doing what's right because of it. It's, it's the tikkun for a person in the world of whatever he's been lacking. One of the greatest, tshuva me'ava means that your sense of lacking is what propels you forward to having. So I think some of Hashem nearly, I think, is the nigging that very much expresses um, feelings of day after Yom Kippur. Who, who's our lead Balmanag Rev Ari? We have. Uh, <laughs>
here certainly but speak a few minutes about this just we'll talk a little bit about appreciating it so after we finished our voida which is extraordinarily 
powerful chilek of, of Musaf. Um, a person thinks back about what it looked like, um, the glory and everything about it. And one of the things is the Mara Kain, when the Kain walked out, what he looked like. Um, I, I w- want to translate a little bit, I guess contemporary a little bit. Um, we've gotten a little bit insensitive to, to, to Chochmas Apartsev. Um, now I don't mean the Chochmas Apartsev, the Sephardi version. Uh, <laughs> 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 yes. I, I mean Chochmas Apartsev of seeing a person and getting a sense of Ruchnius. This I heard once from a Talmud of the Mir in, in, in Europe, in Poland. Um, he lived in my neighborhood. And he told me that I, I wanted a very chash of a bachim. In, in the Mir in, in Europe, Rabbi Rucham used to shatchen American bachim and German bachim who were much weaker and much lower Madrigan learning. He would shatchen them to older, younger light, to older bachim, to learn with them. One Seder, pay them for it. That was the Seder Yeshiva. And Rabbi Rucham would, during Seder, he would every so often walk up and down the aisle. And if he stopped near you, meant he wanted to speak to you. And he calls out this older Bacha who's learning with a particular American Bacha. And he asks him, how's the Bacha doing? He said, fine, good, he's learning okay. And Rucham looks at him, he says, don't you see that he's lost is Salmalakim? Don't you see that uh, his whole tsura? And he was shocked. He didn't, you know, he didn't notice anything. And then he made some inquiries, and things were not. There were issues, and whatever. Barsham, things got fixed. But just looking at a person, so Chassidishim maybe would think of Ruach Hakodesh and things like that. But but if if a person has a little bit of sensitivity to seeing a person seeing. If what a tzura is like, uh, if uh, the person is fagrop, the person is coarse, the person has a certain edelkeit, the person has a certain ruchnius, certain lightness eyes. Um, it's something that little sensitive. If people would look around the base medrash like at the end of a day like today and look at people in their faces for a minute, he sees something. He sees a certain uh, uh, a, an, a um, re-emphasis on Selma Kim, certain light in the eyes, a certain shine, something there. Kain Gadol went lefnei lefnim, and he came out. So that ziv, that 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 he was left with with a mark, of 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 a person who had been lefnei lefnim, lefnei avaya, um, and that's why it's it's we we look back at it. There was a certain high point of watching the person who who had been lefnei lefnei lefnim. It something reflected off him. And that's what we try to be nostalgic with and try to get a, a sense in, get, so remembering it. It's part of those in Yonim that remember the glory of Avoida and part of Yonim that we sort of miss the Avoida. So, do. <laughs>
there's another nigging that I'm I'm gonna get the oh, you don't need to do it. It's gonna come to um, those who have like spend a little bit. Um, we're waiting for for the for the machashif to come. Uh, we we have the. The, the, we have here ready, but he's got to come and uh, whatever it is, do his thing, and he, hopefully his guitar also. But, uh, um, the, uh, the the Seder of this, I actually once, um, I think he showed me a clip that I, of Rev Salvechik, Zachon of Racha, when he spoke about the Avoida, and very, very emotional, and said that when he says the Avoida, he loses himself in it. A person who has any sensitivity, any Yiddish sensitivity, any a heart and a little bit of understanding, the, the, you, you, you get transported back in time. And uh, you, you, you relive it, and, and you're part of it. The, it's extraordinary, the, the Nusach, we have extraordinary powerful mitzvah, the, the poetry shaboy, and the whole music, the koyen being on him and his bias, and, and, and Shevet Kahuna, and Kal Yisrael, and so on. And then he says, as it finishes, the sort of the euphoria wears off, and a person also wakes up and he says, you know, this is not, no, this is not reality. It's, I'm, I'm not in Beis HaMikdash. There's no Beis HaMikdash, and it's Kharav, and we don't have it, and so on and so forth. And a person, you know, all of a sudden he hits ground, and then you have all of these um, piyutim that say extremely quickly, um, uh, <laughs> all about when Beis Hamikdash was there. The first few piyutim go along the lines of when Beis Hamikdash was there. Take a look how wonderful it was, how good it was, how everything thrived, and so on and so forth. Since that's happened, since the Beis Hamikdash has become destroyed, we have nothing. We, we, we don't have anything anymore, and so on and so forth. Everything is, is gone bad and terrible, a few of those. And finally, the last ones are the ones that are um, all about that, you know, a tikvah that Kashbrochu should bring us back again, make us beloved again, and so on and so forth. The, there's a nigging that came out um, a few years ago, I think two years ago maybe, from Rapil Palay. Rapil Palay is unique in the fact that he's a Talmud Chacham who sits and learns and teaches. One of my sons had him as a Rebbe. And you see it in, in his, uh, in he, he plays on Yermita Pagris, on, on Beit Asman, and things like that. He plays in extraordinary, Zalchilas, his, we'll hear that also. But this one is really remarkable. The tune is a simple tune. It's the tune of um, Nachu Nachmu. It fits and it, it's another thing when you see a tune that fits the words and brings out the beauty of the words. It's, it, it's like going from black and white to full color. It's incredible. And it's, it's a lesson how much we could enhance our davening with the appropriate type of nagin and so on. So, um, is it, you can play it from there? I don't know. Okay, good. Go. This is not. One second. Is it what? Wait. Let let let. You hear him? 
Yeah, to put it to the end and accompany it, yeah. Okay, company, fine. We'll start. Wait, so start it again. <laughs>
getting one more time from the beginning. But I guess he, he does it again. I think a second. Time. Achila, you've heard it probably many times. It's uh, um, pity. Oh 
strong memory associated with this with the Pasik. Um Barry Finkel was the Baltfilla, the Balmusif in the Mir from I don't know when he was a young man yet, until uh, I guess in the early sixties when his father became sick, till uh, his own till this tier a few years ago. He was an incredible person Barry Finkel. He was a um, 
and this MSC was Toichikabari, Yore, Vachore, and Chavi, Venechmod, a type of person that's, it's, it's a, there's a tourist autumn that's hard to, to push it, um, to, to give over. It was, it was a shlemistic person. Everything MS, everything good, always with a warm smile, with a lot of chachma. <coughs> extraordinary person. He, um, he was a baltfiller. There was an incredible baltfiller. Um, in 1979, Reb Chaim Shavitz was nifter. Reb Chaim Shavitz was in Meishiva. And for about two years, um, there wasn't any Kavudika person. There'd be random people saying occasionally, some Yemre Pagra, a Shmuz. And finally, I think two years later, Meishver decided that he would have alternated weeks, Revolba one week and Rabbi Finkel another week. And I still remember Rabbi Finkel getting up. It was a packed piece medrash. And he... Um, his first words were, La'oda marche leiv, o'me'ashem ma'ana loshen. Paused the moment, then he began his shmuzan, which he said till about three years ago, four years ago when he was nifta, but it was a very powerful moment. Uh, like, it, he, didn't, he didn't say more, he just said the pasik and sort of, uh, you know, this is all, I, I can only prepare my heart. And what comes out is, is that is Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's a very, very, it's a very strong moment. I'll keep on him, uh, maybe another nigna too. Uh, I, that's great. Anything. No, I'll, I'll do the, I'll give the Zegos afterwards. But, uh. Guys, and again, many of you have heard the story a few times, and uh, be it as it may, I, I want to just share it. 
um, it's a nigging that the Mikra I picked it to sing Matsuya and Kippa because it's a, I like it a lot. I think it's very meaningful to me. Um, I um, then later Rabbi Kramer found it in the Medrash says that it's, it's talking about Matsuya and Kippa actually. So uh, I guess I was Mechavin Baruch Hashem. The um, I actually heard this nigging when I was a young boy. Yet we had these old. Records. I don't know if anybody knows, except for, for those who are collectors' items, <laughs> the uh, uh, records. And one of the first few Yiddish ones, I think it was above her, I don't remember, but had a few interesting ones that were unique. And I'll get a second on it. I remember my father, I think my father knew it, or he knew of it, so it was interesting. But I never was able to, I didn't, you know, just, it was a nigga. And then I saw the um, a write up about it many years later when I was an adult by Chaim Shapiro, and he writes that he was stuck in Siberia and a bunch of places during World War II. Um, you can read his, his biography, it's in his incredible uh, adventures. And he was stuck in a Siberian labor camp. And one day on Shabbos, he was sent by the commander in his camp to go to a neighboring labor camp to pick up something, whatever it is, so he goes there with, you know, with a horse he had or whatever, he went there, and he's, he comes in, he gives the delivery has to deliver, and he sees an old man, like, overgrown with hair, sitting in a corner by a tree, humming his mirror, singing his mirror, saskina sudas, and this and that. And he walked by, he tells him, good Shabbos. And the person froze, and he kind of made believe in to hear him. And he started speaking more in Yiddish, this and that. And finally, the person warmed up to him. And he said... This person was a Breslau Hasid, and he um, had been stuck for, I don't know, for two decades in, in the camp. And the way he survived was, in Russia, they, they very much appreciate, I don't know if the words appreciate, but they have a certain um, awe for, like, these half-crazy monks. For those who might might have studied in a high school, um, the the they they, they they were these kind of powerful. So he had that aura. He had he was overgrown. He, he but Dafka kept himself overgrown like that, and he would keep himself and was able to keep Shabbos and so on. But so I, I then I heard the subsequent. I heard the story from Chaim Shapiro himself at a, at a Shavuot Then he, he he let it known to this person. That he has tefillin, tefillin, and this person was ois mensch. He said, "I find tefillin, and it's on Shabbos." He says, "Tomorrow morning, um, the earliest you can put on tefillin is probably five thirty or whatever it is. I'll be there in your bunk." He said, "You're crazy. If you go from your place to my place, they'll shoot you." He said, "I'll be there at five thirty, and I want the tefillin. I want to be first in line for the tefillin." And he went back to his camp, and sure enough, five thirty next morning. This person came, put on film with a dvekas that he'd never seen before, and this person told him, as a schar, we'll teach him this niggin. And he told him the niggin. That was the, the story that I heard from him. I had read it and I heard from him. Um, the words kind of, um, it's an old dress of a niggin. It, it, it's, it's a passing shir shir. It's There's a spin on it. The, the Yiddish puts a, a, a certain chsidja spin on it. The words are Guinness Eggers you added to those Ben Nachal, Kashbrochu says I went down to the to the orchard of nuts to see um, what's grown along the the, the stream. Lyris Apoch, I gave it to see if the if the if the 
vines have begun to, the wine has been, the grapes have begun to grow yet, or the rimonim, lo yadati nafshi samasim akrabas amnadik. The two psukim don't really have much to do with each other. Um, then there's a Yiddish refrain which gives a different spin. It says, My mother, mother sent us to pick nuts. There's, there's a sort of Kabbaldic uh, um, input over here. Mother, Eim Abonim Smechas, is a Kabbaldic remez for Shechina. Mame is Rashatevis Melech Malchem Lochim. But it's a, it's a term used, Ima is a term used to denote some aspect of the Shechina. So, my mother sent me to pick up, um, to, to pick nuts. V'hoich is the boim. Look how tall the tree is. V'nidig sign the kinderlach. And how short are the children, how, how small they are. In other words, it's, it seems like an impossible mission. I didn't know myself. That's how that, that Yiddish part goes. In other words, he's giving a spin on the Pasik that HaKadosh Baruch was sending us down to pick nuts. Picking nuts also, but all these have very Kabbalic overtones. A nut is, is, has a clip around it, and you take out the, 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 the seed. It has three clippers, four clippers. It's, it's, it's suffused with a lot of Rimazim. But the basic point is HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends us down to do something in this world. Sometimes it seems as if the task is beyond us. Um, it's, it's too difficult to test, too, too, we don't have what it takes to do it, and I somehow didn't recognize my own koiches. And, it, and it, it's, it's a very, the story itself kind of brings it out. You, you couldn't, if you ask a person, imagine that type of mysterious nefesh from mitzvahs, stuck in Siberia and so on, I don't think anybody would think that a human being could do it, and I guess we just don't know what a human being has. So I know it's become, this is a nigun that uh, it's uh, something that means very much to me and try to sing it on, on Matsu and Kippur. So I, I think many of you might know it already, you can go along with me. Elgina se goiz yoradeti, yoradeti, lehirais Nisalach zu kleiben, Nisalach zu kleiben. Wie heuch ist der Boim, wie niedrig seine Kinderlach. Wie heuch ist der Boim, wie niedrig seine Kinderlach. Loyadati nafshi, Loyadati nafshi, Dema. Me <laughs> 
לא ידעתי נפשי, לא ידעתי נפשי. הגינה סגויז ירדתי, ירדתי, להרעיס Thank <laughs> Sometimes it's even without going to Siberia, just uh, the person has a tkuf of Ramus, and Kippur, and Azman, and so on. And, you know, a person never imagines he, he could be what he, what, what he went through. And, and it's a, you know, we, we don't know ourselves until Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't give us an opportunity and our test, and the person sees what he comes out with. Yeah, Nick Penny. <laughs> 